Hey, I'm Lance Frazier. Name of Rosenberg. My name is Trey Mason. You're listening to the Piffles Podcast. I'm Cameron Marshall, and you're listening to the Piffles Podcast. This is fun. Stay tuned. That's the Johnny McKeck Band with Here We Go, and this is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. And I'm sad. You you <laughs> are sad. I've never seen your facial expressions like this before. I think you're most... I don't know what he's more sad about. The fact that he missed last week, or why he missed last... Or what he missed last week. Both? Actually, I thought you guys didn't record a show without me. Yeah, we did. Oh. Anything important happen? No. 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 Oh, okay, good. And we talked a bunch of stuff, so okay. maybe we'll rehash some of that a little bit later okay, on. Okay, good. This is episode 124. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter, at PifflesPod. You can follow me, at RealAlexD. You can find me, at Safamod. Follow me, at MissingCavis. <laughs> <laughs> give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. We're also on Instagram. Just search PifflesPod. That little bark in the background, that's a little Winston. Penelope underscore... And, and Winston, underscore Winston B, whatever. whatever. It's a long Instagram name. <laughs> um, and check out the website, pifflespodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. For no one, skip the dishes. Be lazy like all of us. Still get your fan food fix. And uh, as we record this, it is vanilla ice cream day. And uh, we should probably get some vanilla ice cream. Sorry, it's what? Vanilla ice cream day. That's a day? Yes. Why didn't I know every, every day's got a day. You, I love vanilla ice cream. My favorite flavor. That's like, you sit there and mock me for liking plain hot dogs, but you like plain ice cream? It's ice plain ice cream. It is plain ice cream. It's that is vanilla the most flavored ice cream. No, that is the boring flavor. That's what you get when you're an old grandma. Vanilla's my favorite shake. I don't know if it's my favorite ice cream. Why would you have a vanilla shake? Vanilla shake. What's wrong with both of you? Unless you can find an A&W that still has... Like root uh, beer shakes? shakes? Then get those. No. But anyway. Every flavor of shake is better than vanilla fl- vanilla shakes. No, you're wrong. You're yeah, wrong. Steve, two against one. I beg to differ. Okay, With you yeah. have to yeah. make you a plain hot dog shake. Plain hot dog shake? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we're g- realistic flavors of shakes <laughs> are better than vanilla. But you know what? I'd rather have that. At least it would have some flavor. <laughs> so anyway, skip the dishes on Dairy Queen. And get some uh, ice cream, Morals. vanilla, or strawberry, or chocolate, whatever kind. They have a whole to, bunch to of To our vanilla stuff ice cream liking listeners, I'm sorry. You're wrong, but I'm sorry. Pibbles Podcasts are also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Check them out on Twitter at CFPodNetwork. And we're a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Check out hashtag SaskPod for more. Lots of great local podcasts. We have a lot to get to. We're going to talk about the Riders win in just a second. Gainer versus the world. Dogs barking. We're going to answer some of your questions here. Steve, you should have another uh, CFL Tweet of the Week. Yep. Excellent. The Pivots player profile is back. And uh, we're going to talk about this upcoming BC game. But my favorite part, we're going to get a health update on Don Narcisse in just a little bit. And uh, we'll hear from him. And uh, he can update us on exactly what's going on with his, uh, his cancer treatments, and uh, we'll see how he's doing. Let's jump right into it. Time for the opening kickoff. 
game this past Saturday, Riders beat the Lions 38-25, moving the record to 2-3. and three. It really was a 38-19 game, because BC got a touchdown with three seconds left. Doesn't really count. I mean, for fantasy. So if you had Mike Riley in, in fantasy, that, that helped, right? Who took Mike Riley in fantasy this week? Like, seriously, who, why would anyone take any of the BC Lions in fantasy? I don't know. I mean, I don't I mean, do CFL fantasy. I, I find CFL fantasy just meh. You can make an argument for Brian Burnham. That's it. That is the only argument you can make for any offensive weapon that they've got. And I use the term weapon very, very loosely. He still put up. Well, the whole offense still put up 500 yards, almost 500 yards of offense on the Riders' defense. Um, is that where we're going to start? Riders' defense? Might as well, because as. As well as they played-ish, they still gave up a ton of yards to a really porous offensive line. The defense as a whole, I thought, played okay. They weren't great. Charleston Hughes was great. Ten tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles. Player of the week. Player of the week, the top performer in the CFL Should this week. Should be four sacks. Apparently, no, because that's a fumbled snap. No. It's like a running play. That's I, wrong. I agree, but... That's technically... First person to touch the ball was the quarterback. First person to hit him was... It's fumbled by the center. It wasn't actually fumbled by Mike Riley. That's what they're calling it. So therefore, it's a tackle for loss. It's like a handoff. To the quarterback. Yes. Which most people would call a snap. You would think so. But I'm telling you the league's rule on that. How far was he out of the box? It was directly backwards. Uh, That's true. I don't know then. Anyway, yeah. Charleston Hughes was fantastic. And uh, big ups to... uh, Micah Johnson in the middle because he took on a ton of double teams. And even though he doesn't have a sack this year, he's opening things up one-on-one with Charleston Hughes. And even at, what, 35, Charleston still has it. I'm laughing at all the hand-wringing going on right now about how Micah Johnson, is he a step off or is he this? He's taking like every double team, triple team they can throw at him. So guys like AC and Charleston can get around. So They're getting one-on-ones on the outside, and that's what you want. Yeah. You want to clog up the middle, get your guys one-on-one, and put pressure on the quarterback. And that's exactly what happened this game against BC. If you can take Charleston Hughes one-on-one all game long, every every defensive coordinator would take that. He's going to win that battle. I mean, he's, what, eight sacks so far this year? Sorry, nine, because garbage rule. But, you know, and uh, what, AC Leonard has five? So between the two of them, 13 sacks? A lot of that is Micah Johnson. 13 sacks and BC, not against us, have given up 20 so far in the first third of the season. Given up 12 alone just to Edmonton yeah. in two games. Like, yeesh. They, they need work. And uh, we'll talk about this when we kind of tee up the game a little bit later on, but their old line is also in shambles even more than it is that, that we thought it was. So a couple starters not in practice the first week this or first day of practice this week so my heart bleeds for them that might be an improvement for them it might be uh Cody Fajardo let's flip the ball to the offense I thought he looked good again I don't think he was amazing but I thought he looked good he didn't have to be amazing but I love the fact that they went back to the deep ball I read a stat today he's leading we're leading the league in uh yards per pass attempt at 9.7 yards per pass attempt which I mean think back to last year we were dead last Second last? If we, if, yeah, anyways. we were at the bottom if we weren't And we're, we're far and away the top team so far this year. They're pushing the ball downfield, giving guys like Shaq Evans a chance to get up under a, you know the, the deep balls that he can catch infinitely better than a, a screen pass for some odd reason. Shaq Evans is getting, and he's in one of the next names on my list here, another 100-yard game. Third top performer. 158 yards and a touchdown. 
Um, he's getting one-on-ones on the outside. And when you get that one-on-one, you take your shot. And that happened three times in this game. He got 150 yards just on those three plays, just by chucking it up and letting him go make a play. They found out what works with this guy, and it's just get him one-on-one and let him make a play. He made some great like plays on the ball. Like he, That poor defensive back had no idea what to do half the time because it seemed like the ball was short, and Shaq just knew at the right time when to slow up. And then he's high-pointing it as well, too, yeah. and just making great plays. And this is where a guy like Manny Arsenal, who only had one catch for five yards, is going to start paying dividends. Where you're going to get Shaq on a third defensive back. You're not going to get him against the top guys that other teams have. Name Roosevelt, who again, didn't really have a, a big game by any means. And Manny Arsenal are going to command the best defensive backs. And that's going to leave a Shaq Evans and a Kyron Moore to feast on these other defensive backs. And that's exactly what we've seen this year. I, I learned something on uh, on Saturday night. I, I learned a math problem that uh, one catch for five yards is actually statistically equal to zero catches for zero yards over, over an entire season. Yeah, we learned that in the uh, post game. Yeah. So what? Uh, what I miss? Uh, we went back to uh, uh, the tailgate after and uh, and had a quick drink before we came back home. And uh, yeah, we were told, well, why not have Rob Bag out there if he's going to put up just as much as Manny Arsenal? Why would you have Manny Arsenal here? Well, one for five is better than zero for zero that Rob Bag had all of last year. No, it's not. It's the same thing. Technically, no, it's not. I get how useless Manny was in that game because that was a you know it was a late pass that really didn't mean much and it was just. I think just to try and get him into, get him into the, the game, game get the right? monkey off the back, but but one for five is infinitely better than zero for zero. Can we talk about okay? If we want to bring up Rob Bag, the ghost of Rob Bag, I gotta admit this year I am highly impressed with the play of Corey Watson. I think he's done great. We haven't asked him to be a superstar, and he doesn't need to be. But when he's been given the ball, he's made plays. Any ball that's been thrown at him, I don't think I've seen him drop. And there, it's always in usually coverage, and it's usually for a first down, and he gets it. His a lot touchdown. of us are eating crow on uh, on the Corey Watson <laughs> signing because we were all down on that one. It looked like such a bad decision, and nope, maybe they know more than we do. No, this is Rider Nation. <laughs> GM knows nothing. Fans know everything. Exactly. Yeah. So we're pretty happy with this offense, right? Is it one of those things that, okay, the Riders have beaten Toronto, put up a bunch of points against them, put up a bunch of points against a pretend, group of pretenders in Ottawa who are getting pumped in all their games now. Ottawa pretenders? Exactly. <laughs> and against BC. That's... BC and Toronto, the two teams that the Riders have won, are combined 1-10 and 10 this year. So do you still need to see more out of... Cody Fajardo in this offense against a team that's not in the bottom three of the league. This seems like it's like the argument that's never going to end. Well, we need to see him do the next game, how he does the next game, and then the next game, and then the next game, and then the next game. But his one game against uh, a good team at Calgary Stampeders, he was ineffective. So that's why that argument's going to be there. Because he plays against a good team, they get basically shut down completely. Yeah, we're going to hear this all through the next week and a half until Thursday... August 1st against Hamilton. And it, it's a fair argument. He hasn't shown up against the top teams quite yet. But he's done enough against the the bottom feeders to to show that he belongs. And that he's kind of earned that, the benefit of the doubt and the continue, like the ability to keep going. But really, it's the CFL always has the same issue every year. You're going to have your top three teams, which this year seem to be 
the team to the east of us, who I'm not going to say, uh, <clears> Hamilton, <throat> yeah, and Calgary, as, as per usual. And then you're going to have your guys in the middle, which will be us and the Pretenders, I guess, and the Eskimos. And then you're going to have your BCs, your um, Alouettes, who are improving. You can't improving. Put them in the bottom anymore. No, I know, but they're like they're they're the top of the bottom tier right now because yeah, they've they, they've rattled off a couple wins. But would you rank them behind Ottawa right now? God no. No, I guess I put them above Ottawa. Move I put them at down. third in my power rankings this week. That was ballsy. Yeah, that was loved it. So yeah, so I guess your bottom tier now that I think about it is Argos, Pretenders, and BC, and we're in the middle. And that's just the way it's going to shake out. The problem is the West is still tight. Thank God BC sucks. I'm going to go out and disagree with you on putting Calgary in the top tier. They have looked bad in almost every game this year, save for their their ass-kicking of us uh, a couple weeks back. They are, if anything, in that middle tier. I think the top tier is Winnipeg and Hamilton. And there is a big gap before you get down to the next two or three teams. We played Hamilton tight, technically. It was week one. Yeah, but still... Without our starting quarterback, we played them pretty good. We'll see how we do and it. That was on the road too. And you know what's gonna be funny? August first, if we if we win, well, we didn't have our starting middle linebacker. He was suspended. We're, we're gonna hear this all season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more thing about the game, I want to just give a quick little mention to Marcus Thigpen returning that touchdown for returning that kickoff for a touchdown at the end of the second quarter. That changed the game right there because BC took a lead. And then that kick return touchdown changed everything. The momentum went back to the rider's side, and then you know, later in the third quarter is when they finally picked it up and, and dominated the, the the entire fourth quarter. That, that the, damn touchdown ball went two ball, two rows directly behind me. The, the Aegis wonder. He almost makes me want to go vegan. Because how the <laughs> hell can he run like that at his age? Yeah. I like steak way too much to go And it vegan. wasn't uh, just running away from people. He broke about four or five tackles on that, too. And to be fair, the BC's terrible at tackling. They look like us against Calgary. Like they they can't take take down anybody. But. I agree with you. That was the moment the game changed. Oh yeah. Because if we go into that halftime after giving up a touchdown drive, aided immensely by penalties. Penalties. Didn't that drive start because of the uh, the fake punt? Yep. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Let, let's bring that up. Or not the fake punt, I guess it was a fake field goal. Yeah. Right, yeah. For the Riders. Yeah. So, John Ryan throws a completion to Keenan LaFrance. Best completion per, uh, percentage ever. Keenan LaFrance, who wears number 27, which we all assume is an eligible, eligible number. number. Usually, it's the, the 50s to, what, 79 yep. are ineligible, and they have to report to the ref and say, I'm eligible on this play, and they do the, you know, the, the hands down across the chest movement that's to show that they're eligible apparently that doesn't count for special teams there's something completely different for special teams Keenan LaFrance was not eligible in his position on special teams I'm just that's why that was called back I'm just glad Albert the fact that Al Bradbury was so concise and clear with his explanation of that rule that we all understood what happened what was that look they someone threw a dictionary in the washing machine and came up with a response that was terrible. Did anyone understand what he was nope. talking about? I do not I have a... Have, I might have had a few drinks and don't <laughs> exactly remember how he worded it. It was awful. Yeah. If you, if you go back and watch it, not in the heat of the moment, he, he kind of explained it, but if you don't know that there's this weird card, none of it makes sense. And you know what? I love that Craig Dickinson came out in the post-game conference and took 100% of the heat of that. He said, 
We moved LaFrance up to that spot. We worked on that play all week. But when it came down to to submit whatever the hell that card is, yeah, before the game, I forgot to leave, I forgot to put his name on there. One hundred percent on me, and I owe. Uh, he said, "I owe John Ryan and Keenan LaFrance a beer." Yeah, and that's and that's what your coach should do. If he, he if if he makes a mistake, he he owns it. It's not Corey no. Chamberlain saying he can't uh, pass or catch a ball. No. Oh, ah. Uh. Speaking of John Ryan, haha, just kidding. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up this game. So, three punt singles, 77-yard kicks. 77-yard kicks are great. Not when you're at the 50. Can And I might have had a typo on this. Stu, uh, stop, cheering for failures. That and when? That was after the game. I'm talking during the game. <laughs> I was excited after the win, okay? After the win. That, I had bad tofu as well, too. AKA I had tofu 77 yard kicks looked great on average but John Ryan does not know how to directional kick he does not know how to take anything off his kicks when you're kicking from the 50 yard line take a little bit off you want it to bounce at about the 10 maybe he was was bouncing at the 5 and that was the worst part but the way that he's kicking it though like Compared to Josh Bartell, Josh Bartell was kicking it end over end to see he'd actually have that chance for the ball to bounce backwards. John Ryan, the way that he kicks it, he has that NFL kick where you kick it as high and as hard as you can, creates a spiral. So when that hits the ground, it just keeps going in that direction that it's going. There's no chance for it to stop and, and bounce around a little bit. So the ball is going through the end zone. And sure, points are great. Not when they lead to six points the other but way. But you're leading to better field position for the other team. And I'd rather pin the, like, look at Rob Maver in Calgary. He's the king of the coffin corner in the CFL. Mm-hmm. If you're going to kick it deep, fine. Kick it to the sideline then. Kick it out of bounds at the 10 yep. instead. Kick it out of the 15 for all I care. Pin them back there. You're giving them the ball at the 35. You're giving, giving the other team a better chance to score points already. <clears throat> well, look at the one kick that he, I mean, it was aided by penalty, but the one kick where we actually pinned them deep. The defense stopped them and, right? and got two points out of it. Yep. So we got yep. two instead of one. Yeah, and and I don't want to make this a weekly thing and kind of rip on John Ryan, but he's got to be better. He's the highest paid punter in the league. You gotta perform that way, yeah. and right now you're not performing in the CFL that way. It's a totally different than what you're trying to do in the NFL. Totally different. So I, I wonder if we're looking at another situation like we were last year, where the coach is just saying boot the hell out of it. You know, we 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 heard last year that that uh, Jones and Dickinson were telling uh, Bartell to kick it in that weird bouncy bouncy, you know, sideways kick. Maybe maybe this is the coaching staff saying, "Let's take the single point." I can't I hope see. Not. I can't see any, especially a head coach that's a special teams coordinator. He doesn't want that. He wants to but pin him deep. You'd have to think a professional kicker would be able to, especially a guy who's had a career like his would improve game over game and get to the point where he's kicking it the way you should be in the CFL. I'm just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because those kicks were awful. I mean, they were nice. Yeah, 75-yard kicks. Yay. They look nice, but they're not effective. Yeah. No. They're beautiful looking. They're just not what you want. No. Okay, I think I'm done bringing up things from this game. You guys have anything else from the game you guys want to mention before we uh, move on and, and do a couple other things? Besides Al Bradbury can suck it. Oh, yeah, all of it. Oh, that was such a Al bad... Bradbury sucks. That was a bad he's story. He's not... I'm not... This is not me saying he hates the Riders. He no, is an equal opportunity terrible ref. There bad. were tons of missed His calls. His crew is bad. I mean, Nick Marshall should have gotten a, a roughing penalty. That the 
push off on the was it a Burnham catch that led to a touchdown from uh, BC? Was that that one that he caught on Nick Marshall? Yeah, Nick Marshall was complaining. That was not a push off. Like Nick Marshall complains about getting beat all that. the time, and he always thinks it's a push off. No, no but I actually went there's back allowed and to be that a little one. bit of hand fighting, and that's all that was. That terrible pass interference call. Yeah. No, by the book, that one was actually correct. There's a there is a tug on the jersey. I the oh. problem I have with that one is that they called it uh, illegal contact, yeah. and that did not happen. In, that happened inside of the five yards. Yeah. So it can't. It, there is no illegal contact inside of that five yard barrier. But again, Al Bradbury. <laughs> and, bo- and both roughing the passer calls were both weak. I get it. They're, I, by, I, by the letter of the law, they I'm, both I'm were... I'm weak if they're going to call them. But again, they had to challenge one of them. Yeah. And the one they challenged, that was... I mean, if it goes to a eye in the sky and the whole purpose they said before the season was to get the egregious calls corrected, well, that one was not. No. But... I digress. We all know my opinion of Al Bradbury. We heard it a lot last year. <laughs> I, I don't have the, that audio anymore. It's and I'm very sad about that. We have it somewhere. We'll often find it. Dig it out. The opening kickoff brought to you by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festion Royal LePage. Hey, so Gainer's in the news again. Oh, my God. So isn't this yeah. fun? Every so, week. I, when I saw this live, I just kind of like shook my head about like he did what? Did he just really do that? So Gaynor carrying around his stuffed lion, like he has for the last, you know, 20, 30 years, however long he's been bringing along stuffed animals of other teams, throws the lion on the ground, spreads its legs, looks like he's about to kick it for half a second, and decides, nah, I'm going to grab it, and grabs it by the junk, and throws it around. I When I saw that, I was like, this is awkward. I get that he's, you know beaten up on this on the stuffed animal he's done that for years that's fine but that this the spreading of the legs part if you just happen to grab the stupid lion and just grabbed it in the junk that's fine the fact that he spread the legs open that was awkward and so he's been disciplined by the team the riders released in a statement saying that they have disciplined gainer and they've taken his stuffed lion away i'm not sure if they've taken away his stuffed tie cat his tiger away, so we might still see that on August 1st, but this lion that they took away, well, he's not going to use it until next year anyway, because the BC Lions don't play here again this year. I, I, but what's going on with Gainer? It's like Gainers of the world in BC, obviously. I mean, they kind of started it by... by <laughs> they Pita. Pita. That was funny. That, I, I, I thought, thought that so was too. hilarious. I thought so, too. And for in a, in a market where we've been complaining where the teams aren't having fun, that was great. Gainer's, you know, Trump-like <coughs> grab was a little bit. Well, when you're when you're famous, they let you do it. Apparently, right? <laughs> Jesus, we don't condone that. No, not at all. Like that was wrong. That was weird. But we're talking about a stuffed animal mascot on mascot crime. Like this is it's not the, even mascot on mascot. It's mascot on stuffed I, animal. I was entertained all Sunday watching Deron Carter go after an Eskimos fan. Who was trying to get him on her side because he she thought he would agree with his opinion of or her opinion of this unacceptable behavior and uh, the humor that came out of that entire thread was just mind-boggling. Like, There's a stuffed PETA account now. <laughs> I wonder if this new gainer and 
Not just the outfit. This is a new guy in the suit. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think old gainer no, would have no, done it. It's still the same guy. No, no, it's was not. It? Nope. It's definitely a new person in the suit. The other the old person owned that old suit. So when they went made a new one. Well, they was, said after the was, first game that it was the same guy. No, it's definitely not. Interesting. Alright. Look at the mannerisms as well too. You yeah, can tell this is not the same guy. Doesn't have that same swagger. That, he doesn't have the fat ass. That's not even that, but just but that's what gave him his swagger. Look, ah, at, the, look at the holding the the signs up and getting you know the the defense and the, the I'll admit, and everything. I, I spend Those very little time different. watching. Those gear. are completely different than I, what we've seen for the last thirty years. This is a new guy. I I feel like Alex has a wall with string on it, trying to fit, find the real gainer. I will find him <laughs> somewhere someday. If not, just start a petition. I, wa- I wonder if <laughs> they work. Apparently, I wonder if this is. A ploy by the riders now that they're just eating this up. This whole once they debuted the new gainer and everybody lost their damn minds about it, including us. Um, but everybody made a big deal out of it. We weren't serious about it, of course. But what's gainer going to do next? They're deflecting a lot of stuff off the team, off the play itself. I'm throwing on the mascot. I wonder if the team is doing this. I'm not trying to say this as a conspiracy theory. I actually think this is legit. One of these things that's being thrown around. But I, I can't see the team saying, "Hey, Gainer, let's let's no. go and uh, spread a stuffed lion's not legs." Not specifically, but no. hey, push the envelope a little bit more. Get people talking about you. Do something to get like get get people noticing you. So do meth like he did week one, and then he did meth. Now he's grabbing lions by the. But but the jump. funny but the funny thing is though, Gainer has been absolutely like removed from the game day experience minus his run in. And like there, and on the like all this stuff is on the screen now. It's not even on the field. Like he does the signs once in the middle. And that was it. And yeah, yeah then he was wandering around with a lion, and that was the only. And I, I didn't even see it until the video came out after. Yeah, I mean, granted, I don't pay attention to mascots. No. for the most part, I really don't care what they're doing. But you, but in past years, it's like, hey, fans, time to have fun with Gainer. And then Gainer would do his antics during a commercial break. They don't even do that anymore. Hashtag, that's my Gainer. I can't believe I saw that's not, that not my gainer signs. I people legitimately care about this. It's it, it blows this, my mind. This is now week five that we are talking about a ten foot stuffed mat or gopher because he's not ten, ten foot, feet. foot tall. I don't know how to, he was when I was a kid. Okay, I looked up to <laughs> gainer, but I mean, like, why? How has this had enough? This stuffed gainer on. On mascot or mascot on stuffy crime. How has this had enough legs to go three days now? It's and really it's working still because going. you look like a stuffy. You're wearing a onesie here right now. Oh, that's right. It's the only thing I can fit my belly into. <laughs> Their antics are obviously working, Steve. I mean, it's you're not wrong. We're talking about it, so maybe you're right. Maybe your conspiracy theory is. Uh, I really think the team's point. like, hey. It, I don't think they intended it the first time when Gainer ran out and, and was new Gainer. I think they just, here it is. And then all of a sudden people went off and they're clearly having fun with it. Be like, hey, people are going to talk about you instead of the game. So just in case we suck tonight, Gainer, do something. Just in case we lose. We don't want anybody going off on the team. No, let's make it about Gainer. And just keep the, the conversation away from the team. And trust me, knowing some of the insides of the organization, I would not put that past them. Fair enough. We'll see what Gainer does next on uh, Thursday night. I, I love the fact August that first. I, I put out a tweet, breaking news, the riders have suspended 
Gainer for two or for two weeks. He won't return until August first versus the Tie Cats, and people bought it. Multiple people were actually outraged that a mascot was being suspended. Like, hey, they did take away his lion. The fact that the team had to put out a press release is ridiculous. I'm done. I'm that's, done. That's the society I'm we done. live in nowadays. People get offended by a. I just thought it was awkward. I don't. I wasn't offended by it, but I just thought that was super weird for a mascot to do. Anyway, hey, stu- stuffy lives matter. They do. They do. On to a little bit more of a serious note. We all know that one of our favorite riders of all time, friend of the show, and one of the greatest riders of all time, Don Narcisse, went back home to uh, to Houston, Texas, to receive treatments for his prostate cancer, and he had thirty nine treatments. That he went through a lot there were a couple uh, um, hormone shots that uh, there was a GoFundMe started by by a couple rider or by a rider fan um, to try and help out with the cost on that because those were over sixteen thousand dollars each Oof. each Oof. so last week narco put out a video on his Facebook got a certificate for completing radiation nice and, and everything and uh, looked like he was in pretty good spirits Bit of a bigger guy now, but I had a chance to talk to him uh, actually on the weekend and get an update for uh, for you guys on his health. So uh, let's hear a little bit from Narco and, and see how he's doing. Well, joining me on the on the line this week from uh, down in Texas, a man very familiar to fans here in Saskatchewan, Mr. Don Narcisse. Narco, thank you so much for uh, taking my call here. Yeah, thank you for giving the call, man. I really appreciate it. And so I saw your Facebook post. You were able to uh, uh, ring the bell, the the ceremony. So, as, as we know, the your your health. Uh, you had uh, you were you went back down to Texas to uh, receive radiation treatments. How did all that go for you? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, coming back, I had to, I had to, you know, I had to, well, when I came back, I was going back and forth uh, from Canada back to the United States, and. I happened to have a doctor's visit and had a doctor's appointment and then I found out that my PSAs were a little high and then once um, they checked it and everything and found out that I was diagnosed with, um, with prostate tests and that was like, I think it was like January 7th, uh, 2018 and man, it's been a journey from there and the process um, to July 15th, I've just finished my uh, my radiation treatment, so it's uh, it's a blessing. And so, most importantly of all, right now, how are you feeling right now? I feel pretty good. Um, you know, I, I tell you what, um, the one thing that uh, I got a chance to talk to my sister, she had pancreatic cancer. She said, "What you need to do is sit on Facebook and let everybody know uh, what's going on with you, and they'll be able to help you out, and you'll be able to help them out." And I tell you what, I did that, and uh, it's amazing that I had so many blessings that helped me out to just uh, do this procedure. Uh, I had 39 treatment. Um, I always had a smile on my face. Um, I got so many messages from people that I never knew or heard of on Facebook. I answered everybody's question. Or any, I had a message. I looked at every message, and it made me, um, I tell you what, man, it, 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 it's it's unbelievable when you don't fight this uh, disease alone. And uh, I was very fortunate to, uh, to do 
nine days, and now uh, I am glad they don't have to do anymore. You said it was July fifteenth. You just finished the uh, treatment. So what what was that day like for you? Man, that that was one of the best days of my life. Uh, you know, I've uh, I got inducted to the Hall of Fame for my college. I got inducted to the Hall of Fame in um, in the Canadian Football League. This here by far, uh, they gave me a, a certificate, and by far that's the best award that I ever received in my life. Um, it's unbelievable the things that you have to go through, and it's a mind thing, it's a mental thing that you have to go through. But when you have family, friends, and fans, it's unbelievable. And man, um, it's what it was a challenge, but I beat that challenge. But I tell you what. No, no. Where do you go from here in terms of uh, kind of uh, keeping your health uh, going, going good? Well, you know, the person I need. Um, I'm about to start get back, get back to my job. Um, another thing is, is that in the process, I I, I had to take two uh, hormone shots, and uh, the hormone shots make you gain a lot of weight. So I need to start working on my weight. And it's gonna take. Uh, they say uh, it's gonna take another three months for me to start losing weight. So. When are we going to see that uh, Pat and Narco strut again? great to hear your voice and uh hear that you're doing much better now and uh we can't wait to see start working on the narco strut you got it like you said you gotta get those uh those slim fit shirts right so you Don, thank you so much for uh, for giving us an update, and it's great to hear that you're doing doing much better. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, man. So there you go. Got to hear from Don Narcisse. Sounds like he's doing really good. He's feeling a lot better, and uh, I'm looking forward to this book. That's a, that's going to be something that uh, I'll have to keep our eyes out for and, and make sure we get a copy of, because that's pretty cool. I know. That's going on a shelf of uh, Pride in my office. Absolutely. 100% I'll be buying it. 
Greg, you weren't here last week. I was not. We talked, Steve and I did, about the Montreal Alouettes. What about them? We talked about how Vernon Adams looks. Oh, he, he's looking about, good. And they've won a few games in a row here. Yeah, they've been very good. Pretty, yeah. They're looking good. good right now. And they won again this past week. Beat a Western rival. Thanks, yeah. Montreal. Yeah, that was great. Oh, and they fired their general manager. Oh, it still hurts. Cavus Guys, Reed. it still hurts. Greg? It still hurts. Greg, the mic is yours. Um, I know I know how close you were to Cavus Reed. I want you to have a proper send-off. Okay, well, um, first, um, I did a lot of soul-searching. I looked deep within, and I realized I wouldn't be able to, to get through this uh, without uh, getting emotional, so I recorded something. Cavus Reed, gone from the CFL, went from so-so coordinator to mediocre head coach, back down to coordinator, and then somehow, somehow, a general manager in the CFL. <laughs> what have we learned over this course of time with Cavus Reed? There will always be consequences. That counting to 12 is hard. And maybe giant contracts to players and the shiny toys just isn't worth it. But finally, finally, the Sea of Hell took notice of your failing upward and had to show you the door because shoving money into envelopes to pay a player to pay other players to get around the cap it's probably not a great idea, and probably not good for your future in this league. So with that, I have to say, with a heavy heart, that while you may not be in this league anymore, the jokes at your expense will never stop. Goodbye, Cavus. There has to be consequences now. There has to be consequences now. Just, there has to be consequences. Enough of talking about it, there has to be consequences for it. It's just not acceptable. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you did that and you could not stop laughing through the entire thing. Uh, you, you have no idea how many times I've listened to that since I've made it. it oh my god. That was fantastic. <laughs> so Greg, again, thanks for your cave. That was wonderful. There, there were consequences and... Uh... That was one of them, I guess. Uh, we can we can shut this show down. That that was that was the end of the show. That was perfect. The only thing that was missing was Sarah McLaughlin's. I will remember. I, okay, that's the thing is I wanted to go there. Copyright. Copyright. Yeah. So I went generic <laughs> piano with a crescendo. That's fine. The sad thing is I didn't even script it. I just watched the waveform and read my and I re- just went word while watching where the, where the crescendos were. I liked it. That was good. It's pretty good. I was entertained. I understand why you were teasing that all day. Oh all god! Day. I just thought you were gonna keep throwing like little lines throughout the the show, just consequences here and there every once in a while. But no. that was that was wonderful. Oh no! Go big or go home. All right, so Steve, you have this week's uh, CFL tweet of the week. All right, so this week is gonna go out. To, there's there's been a regular segment through the CFL season so far. Now we all love power rankings. They're great. But there, there's been a certain gentleman uh, out of Edmonton who has kind of upped his game a little bit and tried to have a little bit of fun with them. And he's created the pork rankings. And he's now turned it into a whole weekly 
thing, and and I, I have to give him a shout out for his snout out, because that's <laughs> that's what he called these these kind of the, the what do you call them the you know his shout outs to different things that happened during the game. So this week, uh, his, I'm I'm giving the tweet of the week for goes your weekly hashtag CFL hashtag snout out for last week's games, and his top snout out or shout out was to the Red Blacks. Kudos to the Red Blacks Crockett for redefining yak yards. Go till you blow, big fella. I just like the the great use of the term yak yards. And in case you didn't see what uh, what Crockett from Ottawa did, he uh, he hurled what three times in a matter of about thirty seconds. So doing all Willie Beeman. Yeah, straight up. So that's my uh, CFL tweet of the week: is the uh, the snout outs. And if you haven't seen them, the uh, the pork rankings on on their own are they're they're better than my rankings. They're they're hilarious. Well, it's because your rankings suck. That's true. I did have Montreal <laughs> at third this week. So. All right. Well, thank you for that, Steve. Let's do a couple uh, fan questions here. We got a whole bunch in here. Um, Greg, have you figured out your next shtick? After that one, I don't know. Who's next? Hmm. Who can I pick on now that has a really thin skin? <laughs> uh, you know what? Take these drops. They taste like lemons. And then figure it out. Uh, okay. um, I like this Polish, Polish sausage or you know the wiener, the hot dog at Costco. I, I'm going to admit something publicly. As someone who likes you know the plain hot dog, I've never had a Costco hot dog. I'm a little disappointed. A dollar fifty for a hot dog and a drink. Yeah, awesome. That hashtag value. Both of them. The pull of sausages is, is pretty good, but I always just get the hot dog. Why not both? Both is good. Cost you three bucks then. There you go. How excited are you guys to come to the Badger Bowl? And what's your favorite poutine? Uh, favorite poutine? Uh, Very excited, by the way. I can't wait for that. We oh, still yeah. have a couple spots left on the on the Piffles podcast. Uh Banjo Bowl bus, so if you're looking to, to go to that game, let us know, and uh, we'll get you on that bus. I'm pers- Favorite poutine, the answer is right in front. Whatever's right in front of me. Yeah, basically. Yeah, neither do I. You Buffalo chicken, though. Usually. I'm giving a shout-out to a fellow CFPN member. I went to Montreal a few years back, and God forbid I remember the name of this restaurant because it was in French, and I don't speak French. Uh, but uh, talk to Cliffy D out of the, uh, the Alouette's Flight Deck podcast. Um, he can recommend the greatest poutine restaurant Although he'll give me hell for saying poutine and not however they say it. Poutine? Poutine. poutine. Yeah, I can't do that. Poutine. But uh, whatever he says is the place that he took me to, go there. So now all the listeners, go bug him and find out where that was. Uh, we actually have a football question here. If Darius... I don't know. Steve. That's why. Because it's a guy named Steve. <laughs> if Darius Playdeck isn't able to come back this week... Who's in line? Who's next in line? And how thin is this O line getting? Well, Darius Playdeck is probably going to be taken off the six game injured list. He was actually practicing with the number ones at practice the first day, um, but still, with Philip Lake broken leg, he's out six to eight weeks at minimum. Minimum. Um, our once kind of deep offensive line is is getting a little thin, and Brendan Labatt's still three to four weeks away. Did, is so the guy that we picked up in the supplemental draft up here Bennett? yet? Have we signed him? He's on the practice roster. He, he's so. getting pretty close to being the next man up. Yeah. We, are, we are hurting right now. And uh, final one here for you this week. Are the Thursday concerts working? 
I don't even know who was playing last week. I didn't listen to a word of it. I was too busy ranting about Bradbury. No, that well, was no, Saturday. Saturday. So yeah, the Riders right. have a concert every game this year, which I oh, really, yes. I don't, okay. I really don't care about. Um, the Thursday concerts, like, they're probably cool for the fans at home, but I really don't care. Half the time, I don't watch them. Yeah, I if honestly it's, couldn't tell you a single The Northern person. Pikes, a Saskatchewan band, a Saskatoon band playing for the Calgary Stampeders and having Calgary Stampeder jerseys and decals on and everything, that's just weird. The Thursday concerts don't do anything. They I, do nothing for fans the to only, get them in, in the stadium. The, the, it's, a, it's a thing they're doing for TSN, just kind of, hey, look at this. And and, even then, it's not that good. Yeah. The Rec Laws, you're going to put them on, which is fine. I'm not a big Rec Laws fan, but you're not even going to have them play their one... I'm excited for Classified. Big song? I'm excited for Classified. And I'm probably the only one in, the, in this country who said it will see Classified. Probably. I'm sure one other person out in the East is is happy to see him. Probably. Who do Maybe. we have on August 1st? Chad Brownlee. Yep. Who? It's a country singer. Oh, that's why I don't know. Yep. Fair enough. I couldn't care less about the concerts of the game. I'm there to watch football and occasionally drink beer. All right. Well, keep sending your, uh, your questions in to us at Pibbles Podcast and social media, and we'll absolutely try and get to them on the show here. Um, time for this week's Underdogs Memorabilia Piffles Player Profile. Steve, you had a chance to talk to uh, running back William Powell. Yes, yes I did. Was he good? It was a lot of fun, actually. It was a well, good interview. Well, let's uh, let's find out. We're joined here by uh, running back William Powell. Uh, Willie, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So you signed with the Riders in the offseason. Uh, first question, why Saskatchewan? Uh, it's just the, the top of the line organization of the CFL, uh, fans to the, the staff to uh, the facilities and just the whole atmosphere and, and the lo- love of fo- football surrounding this team. Now you moved from the East uh, Conference where you spent the rest of your CFL career out to the West. How tough of a move was that? Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's uh, that tough of a move. You know, you just got to get adjusted to the new city and uh, after that football, it's just football. Now, you were uh, teammates with Zach Evans. Did he give you any kind of advice when uh, when he came out here, things to do, things to see? Oh, definitely. You know, he, he, he was my old teammate, and he's from here. So, you know, he knows the ins and outs of Regina. So, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely showed me around a little bit. Now, are you the type of player that sets yourself personal goals throughout the season? Um, I wouldn't say I set personal goals as far as stats. Um, I definitely set personal goals as far as making sure uh, every day I'm bringing the energy and uh, um the hard work, the work ethic, and uh, just being able to uplift the rest of my team and my teammates and being able to just go out there and dominate. I wouldn't say I set any uh, specific numbers, but, you know, I just always want to go out there and make plays. Now, if you had the choice uh, at the end of your career to choose between Mike Pringle's touchdown record and George Reed's rushing record, uh, career-wise, which which would you uh, rather take over? <laughs> I would definitely take the rushing record. I mean, touchdowns are going to come, so... Definitely, I, I, I like uh, being that big spark for the team and uh, moving those chains and, and getting everybody hyped up and energized. Now, what keeps you busy when you're not watching uh, watching game film, working out, that kind of thing? Um, I just I like to hang out. We we me and the guys we we go bowling, play cards, uh, play a little bit of video games, just relax. Not too much. I don't do anything too much crazy. <laughs> Five pin or ten pin. Uh, I like 10-pin. I, I didn't even know about 5-pin until I got to Canada. So <laughs> So now a little bit about you. Uh, you got an hour to yourself. You're loading up Netflix. What are you watching? Um, I don't watch too much of Netflix, but uh, I'm more, if, I, if I'm more on the TV, I'm more of a, a video game guy. I don't really watch too much TV. Um, when I'm on Netflix, I just 
watch movies. Uh, I like sci-fi movies mostly, so I kind of go. I kind of probably have watched almost all of those movies on, in that category. So uh, I like the superhero movies too, like the Marvel and the DC movies. So I'll get through all of those pretty much. <laughs> now you said you're a video gamer. Any uh -huh. particular game that uh, takes up most of your time? Uh, I like to play NBA 2K, uh, play a little bit of an uh, Apex game that's out. And really that's about it. I just, you know, me and the, the guys will get online and we'll just be talking, laughing and just playing. Who's your go-to team for NBA? Uh, I'm a I'm a LeBron fan, so wherever he's at, that's what I'm playing with. <laughs> now, if you only had one album to listen to for the rest of your life, what's that one album? Uh, we're going one deep here album. now. <laughs> for the rest of my life. Sheesh. <laughs> Let's go with uh, Hendrix by Future. What's your favorite city to travel in the CFL? Um. Wow, all of them have you know their own thing to them. So I don't know. I like Toronto, Vancouver. Uh, what city you like the most to travel to? Oh, Regina. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we already here, so that don't count. You're on a fan show. You might as well suck up to the fans, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of travel, you got an open-ended plane ticket and all the money you need to travel one place in the world. Oh wow. Where are you gonna go? Probably go somewhere uh, in the Caribbean, relax on the beach, have some drinks, uh, and just kick back. So the idea of minus 40 doesn't do it for you? Oh, no, 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 no. So <laughs> I don't blame you. I've lived here for 30 years, and uh -huh. I don't want to do it either. Now, a couple of quick uh, fire questions. First word comes to your mind, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Cake or cookies? Cake. Favorite breakfast cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Good choice. <laughs> First celebrity crush? Beyonce. And dogs or cats? Dogs. And you got an open mic to Rider Nation. Anything you want to say to them? Anything they need to know about Willie Powell? Uh, Rider Nation, William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every <laughs> game day, every practice. Let's go, Rider Nation. So there's William Powell here on this week's Underdogs Memorabilia Pivots Player Profile. And uh, after the first couple of weeks, his stats have kind of gone down a little bit, but he hasn't needed to be that big star for this team right now, which is kind of nice. Uh, but I expect lots of uh, lots of scores from him as we go through this season. The later winter months are going to be when he's going to be... Save him, save him now. Exactly. Sign the best back in the league, turn into a passing team. Mm -hmm. Now let's do this week's Tallgrass Apparel enemy preview and the BC Lions. Obviously, back-to-back -back games are tough to win. The Riders O-line. We just kind of mentioned Darius Playdeck. Sounds like he's going to be coming in. But I want to talk about BC's O-lineman here. They're, three of their five starters did not practice the first day of practice this week. This is not good for a team that already has a terrible O-line. So is this the week that we're going to see Micah Johnson finally get a sack? If not now, when? I mean, it, it has to happen sooner or later. And if it doesn't happen against a team with a Swiss cheese O-line missing, you know, three slices, that's uh, that, that's not a good sign for, for his sack numbers and his $1,000 bet with Charleston Hughes. Oh, I, I think Hughes is off to a far enough lead that Mike ain't going to catch up. Anyway. Oh, Mike already said that he's going to start paying him in toonies right now. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm pretty sure Hughes had a pretty big lead last year. and He uh, tailed off. It was yeah. the same thing. He was great in the first half yeah. and then tailed off once teams started to yeah, and you know, get and after him. Johnson and, almost caught him, so you know, maybe don't start writing those checks yet. Maybe AC Leonard will catch up to him. Um... Mike Riley, 
is he still as dangerous as he, as, he as he's made out to be? Every, every time the camera caught him, it looked like he was dying inside. Like, he was just internally screaming. Like, it's to the point where I almost feel bad for the guy, except that he chose this. He chose to go to BC and by getting paid 750k and getting a $250,000 raise, that that had to come from somewhere. It just happened to be their offensive line. And he's getting no help. He's getting no help from Jerron Carter, which we kind of all knew on the field was going to happen. But I stand by that these teams, the CFL did not communicate with their teams what they were negotiating in this this CBA. I guarantee BC thought the salary cap was going to be higher and Empton thought the ratio was going down just by the moves they made in the offseason before the deal was made. And there was, like, Argos are terrible now. Imagine if they spent that much, spent as much money as they wanted to on Bo, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell. For what, reported 900K? Yeah, like, like the teams had no idea what was going on in the CBA, and the teams that spent all their money are now suffering for it. It's nice to see. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind watching the, the teams who go heavy in free agency for those number one quarterbacks. You know, sad at the end of the year. Let, let's just be kind of happy that Bo Levi Mitchell decided not to come here either, or else we'd be in the same boat. Yeah, we, if we get Bo Levi, we don't have Micah Johnson. We don't have Charles probably Charles Hughes, probably Ganey. Like, right? Like you, you're talking about three, four big name guys. I, I hate to say it, but the Riders made the right choice. And you can't pay a guy seven hundred thousand dollars, and you can't be a quarterback in this league and take that kind of money. And not have anyone standing in yeah. front of you blocking the other team. I'm excited, or not excited, interested to see what Masoli and Fajardo, if he hits free agency, what they do. If they have another great year, do they go looking for that big paycheck like Riley and believe I got? See? If anybody pays him <laughs> anything, they're stupid. God, he's awful. And it shows every game. Had to get that in there for you. Stop riling me up with that the Hashtag garbage. triggered. Who outside of Kyron Moore and Shaq Evans is going to step up in this game for the Riders' offense? William Powell. I can see Powell having a decent game this week. I think it's Manny Arsenault. It'd be the place to do it if he did. Feed off the home crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll have a... I'm not saying he's going to have 150 yards and two touchdowns, but I think he'll have a good game, and he'll have a, a very strong impact on this game. Probably do infinitely better than Rob Begg did last year. So one for five is okay. fine again? Two for ten. <laughs> two, two for ten. Oh, there we go. Um, so let's finish off the show here, do our pick em. I think we're going to be unanimous across the board here Probably. on this. Calgary at Ottawa. Ottawa. <laughs> A team wearing red and black. Uh, Calgary. Tie game. Oh, there you You go. You did that already this year. It didn't work out. Nope. Didn't you do that the first week? No. Nope. You talked about it, but you didn't do it. No. This Uh, is the tie. Yeah, Calgary. Toronto at Edmonton. (laughs) Edmonton. 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 Winnipeg at Hamilton. A possible Grey Cup preview. I'm calling Hamilton on this one. Yeah, I was actually going to go Hamilton, but now that you went Hamilton, I'll go Winnipeg. Oh, see, and I have Hamilton as well. And that's not just wishful thinking. I actually think it's going to I happen. think Hamilton's going to win, too. It's, it's not me just because Winnipeg is. I think Hamilton's going to win. And finally, Riders in BC. I want to pick the Riders so much, but they have a notorious habit of blowing these games out in BC. They won last year in BC. I, I just have flashbacks of up by 11 with three minutes left of me going to my buddies. Hey, there's no way they can screw this up. And then 
Darius Jackson or Spurgeon Wynn yeah. or a young Buck Pierce or yeah. young um, whoever else, Travis Lule. They all came back and beat us. Yeah. That sucked. Riders. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Riders by double digits. And the Riders will win by five points. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week here on the Piffles Podcast. Thanks so much for your time listening to us this week. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash pifflespodcast. We're on Twitter, at pifflespod. You can give me a follow there as well, at RealAlexD. You can follow me at Safamod. Follow me at Greg on Sports. Oh, I thought it was... Uh, Missing Cavis? I, I realize I haven't used my actual Twitter handle in like two shows. I, not even last week, but before that too. And I was invisible as Sean, Le- Sean Lemon on a D-line. Wow. Did, did they ask you to drop back? There's a, there's a story behind that, but we don't have time to get into that right now. Maybe next week. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. Just search Piffles Pod and the website pifflespodcast.com. Of course, Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Connexus. Next time you're stuck in traffic for a while, here's some things to think about. Instead of why the car in front of you is going so slow, or if the car behind you is trying to hitch a ride on your bumper, what if your bank was committed to working with you to achieve your goals? What if they cared enough to get to know you? What if they weren't successful unless you were? What if your financial well-being drove everything they did? Come see why things are different at Connexus. Stop by any branch to learn more about how Connexus cares. Well, that's it for us. Time for Tyler Gilbert. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind. The Ghost Behind Your Mind.